Welcome to the Your Health, Your Way podcast, the health podcast for renegades. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and the creator of the website, therenegadenp.com. I have over 10 years of clinical experience helping patients heal their bodies and feel their best. I'm here to share actionable information about integrative health, nutrition, and fitness that can get you started on your journey to optimal wellness. I'm also here to answer your questions and talk with health and wellness experts. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello. It has been a while, but I am so happy to be back in your earbuds with a newly rebranded podcast. I know that in past podcast episodes, I've really dug into the research in each episode, but going forward, I'm not going to be spending half the episode specifically talking about it because that's not what you're here for. And hopefully that will make these episodes more actionable for you. What I do want to say before I get started is that just because I'm not specifically breaking down the research doesn't mean that I haven't read it. But what I found was that I was spending a lot of time reading papers and compiling resources for each podcast episode, and you weren't really interested in that part. So I have read the research, I continued to work with patients, and I've been to school to learn all of these things so that you don't have to. If you're interested in getting more resources or want that super deep dive into the research, then your best bet is to come join the Renegade Health Collective, where you will get more access to me and my knowledge and can ask specific questions. I also hope to bring you more really interesting and valuable interviews, as well as continue to talk about topics that you will find interesting. And also just a quick note on the new name, Your Health, Your Way will have more of a focus on information that will help you move forward in your health journey, no matter what that looks like. Because what I found in my work with patients in the clinic is that information does not necessarily equal action. So just because you know something doesn't mean that you know how to incorporate that into a meaningful outcome for you. So I really want to focus on helping you to understand how to incorporate the information into your health journey. So for this newly branded comeback episode, I want to talk about the difference between the healthcare system and the sick care system and why that matters to you. So in the 20th century, we achieved a lot of amazing things related to health. Things like sanitation, antibiotics, public health policy. Most of these things have really changed our lives for the better. And we are fortunately no longer frequently dying from things like infectious diseases. What these advances have not been good for is addressing the current major causes of early death, the steadily increasing cost of healthcare, and the decreased quality of life that is really typical to experience as we get older. And the major source of these problems is chronic and degenerative diseases. Currently in the United States, about 60% of the population has one chronic illness, and about 40% have two The economic impact of these statistics on individuals, families, and communities is devastating, truly devastating. The current model of healthcare in the U.S., and I use quotations around the word healthcare, really qualifies in my mind as sick care. And why is this? This is because the main focus seems to be on waiting until after you're sick or injured to take action. I can't take credit for this analogy that I'm about to use because I don't remember whose analogy it was originally, so my profuse apologies for not being able to give them credit. If you think of the healthcare system like trying to save fish from going over a waterfall, our current model saves these fish after they go over the waterfall. 
They send in a helicopter, they airlift them back to the top where they would receive care for any of their injuries, and then they get released back into the river so that they could potentially go over the falls again. And what a better option might be would be to put a net upstream of the waterfall to stop the fish from going over in the first place. However, the problem with this is that the net might not be covered by insurance, but the helicopter and the medical attention definitely is. So how often do you go to see your doctor when you are well or feeling good? My guess, and I know this from personal experience because I deal with patients all the time, my guess is not very often. And why is this? This is because we as the healthcare system, I'm including myself in this because while I definitely operate in a more holistic alternative sphere, I definitely still see a lot of patients in who are looking for conventional medical care. So we don't actually do anything for you if you're well. I have worked very hard to try and keep people well and educated myself for that. But the your average healthcare provider will not do anything for you if you go to them and say, I'm perfectly fine. I'm just coming to check in. There might be some labs to monitor to ensure that you stay well, but probably you're going to get some pretty generic and outdated diet and exercise advice and get sent on your way and told not to come back for another year. This is not necessarily the fault of your healthcare provider. It's a problem with the system that is set up to deal with sickness and not maintaining health. There's also this issue that happens, and I have personally experienced this as well as a patient. So there's this thing that happens when people report symptoms that are not obviously or clearly part of any disease process. So things like fatigue or occasional skin problems or nonspecific digestive issues. The current system doesn't know how to classify them or what to do, so really nothing gets done. Or maybe you get told to sleep more, which lack of sleep is not always the problem when it comes to fatigue. Or you get given a medication to tame your occasional skin issues, which again is not really addressing the cause of the problem. So if we truly focused more on well care and understanding what is going right when we feel good and put a huge emphasis on properly caring for our bodies, many of these chronic diseases could actually be avoided completely. I want to be really clear that this problem with our healthcare system is a system problem. Physicians have typically been the first line of defense for fixing most health problems, which in the early part of the 20th century, when the leading causes of death were more related to infection and trauma, this made perfect sense. But now the medical community is faced with chronic illnesses that can't necessarily be directly cured through any sort of clinical interventions, and they tend to involve multiple different specialties and a variety of medications. So we as healthcare providers, especially if you work in primary care, you're expected to meet certain efficiency standards, which really makes it difficult to spend the time you need with each patient to coordinate with other providers, make sure that you reconcile medications, and still have some sort of meaningful interaction with these patients. There's also the added problem that insurance companies tend to send really mixed signals that confuse people and in some cases actually might encourage healthy unhealthy behaviors. So this is something like they cover bariatric surgery, but they make it incredibly difficult or don't cover at all something like nutrition counseling. So when the conventional healthcare system doesn't allow for whole person care, what they're doing is they're undermining the impact of these other determinants of health. So health is not necessarily the absent, just the absence of disease, which is how the insurance companies and more conventional healthcare system seem to view it. The problems that we're seeing in the exam room are actually intimately connected to what happens to 
people outside of the exam room. So in the grocery store, in schools, in social in social relationships, and inside our own brains. So the system needs to change and accept that this division between lifestyle and clinical outcomes can't be separated. Most people who I come in contact with in both my regular life and those who I see as patients don't actually want to be patients. They want to be healthy and feel good. They don't want to spend their time and their money figuring out why they don't feel good. And unfortunately, for those involved in the healthcare system, it's not really lucrative to help consumers of healthcare avoid health problems. So treating conditions such as heart disease, once the patient has gone over the waterfall and needs to be rescued, is actually financially better for most of the parties involved. Helping people avoid heart disease through dietary changes and a focus on social relationships and stress, stress management is, without a doubt, better for the patient. While I tend to think that the idea that the healthcare system is being driven by which treatments make the most money, it, that feels a little bit conspiracy theorist to me. I'm actually becoming less sure that that's not the case. So what other explanation is there for there not being a much larger focus on diet and lifestyle-related interventions rather than these medications and procedures? And those of us who do focus on that get labeled as being crazy or alter, you know, working in this alternative health sphere and we just get looked down upon and are called quacks. So I don't understand if, that's, if it's not driven by money, I'm not really sure what the better explanation is. A good example of this is the dietary recommendations for type 1 diabetics. While I'm not a wild supporter of a low-carb diet across the board, like I don't think that it's right for everybody, but it does work very well for some people, a lower-carb diet does allow for better glycemic control in type 1 diabetics. So if this is the case, and I do have a study that I can link to that shows this, um, if this is the case, why are we still recommending that diabetics eat whatever they want and then just cover it with insulin? I use the term we very loosely here, um, but the standard of care for type 1 diabetics is to let them eat carbs or whatever else they want and adjust their insulin dosage. So why does something like this matter in the bigger context? And the answer is because at this very moment, social media and search algorithms are dinging people who recommend this type of approach as part of managing type 1 diabetes. The articles and the research that support dietary approaches to disease management are being buried in search results and are extremely hard to find if you aren't specifically looking for it. Add that to the increasing cost of insulin and you are placing a huge burden on someone with a disease that can't be cured but can be better managed with a combination of diet and insulin. And I am fully aware of the fact that you absolutely cannot manage type 1 diabetes without insulin. Using a lower-carb diet does help to manage it with less insulin. So that saves money and has better, all, better overall outcomes. I was just listening to a podcast hosted by a allopathically trained MD, so a traditional Western medicine doctor, who he's, he's become a carnivore and is very supportive of this more alternative health sphere. Um, but he was talking to a couple of former vegans who are now also experimenting with the carnivore diet. And part of their conversation centered around the fact that there are very few, if not no, diet discussions happening in exam rooms in conventional medical practices. And definitely, there aren't any discussing the importance of what you eat in your overall health in the context of uh, staving off or quote-unquote curing these more chronic diseases. And the example that they, they used, and I've actually experienced this with patients of mine, is gastroenterologists. So these are doctors who specialize in diseases of the digestive system. But 
I would say probably close to 99% of them, maybe not quite that many, but it's almost all of them, do not think that diet has any impact on these diseases or can prevent them. And I've seen this as well. A huge majority of them say, nope, diet won't impact that. Eat whatever you want and take these medications, which I actually probably wouldn't believe that that was the case if I didn't have at least one patient a week tell me that's what was said. So that's ridiculous to me that a a disease process in your digestive tract is not viewed as being affected by diet at all. So how I, it, that just does not compute for me. So I think that's a really good example of kind of the problem with the way that the system is set up. And even some of the more traditional medical education is set up that it's, it's focused solely on medication and curing these diseases with medications and not on the things that actually have a huge impact like diet and lifestyle. So I also realize that for anybody who is just beginning their health journey, The idea that rather than embracing potions or pills or one-size-fits-all band-aids, we need to focus on appropriate diet, movement, meaningful social interaction, and prioritizing sleep, this all might seem really overwhelming. But know that there's a whole community of people out there, many of who are sharing this information, but it's actually getting buried in search results by Dr. Google, who thinks that he knows better than all of us, uh, who have changed the course of their health by taking their journey into their own hands. A lot of these people have done their own research and self-experimentation to find out what works for them. And this is something that I actually encourage you to do. In fact, I encourage all of my patients to do this as well, because I don't know everything about you. Um, Your doctor doesn't know everything about you. And you have to take some of the responsibility to figure out what works for you on yourself. So I know that seems really daunting, and that's not the precedent that we've set in the United States. Basically, we've said that anything worth pursuing from a medical perspective should be covered by insurance and paying for things outside of that, like nutritional consultations, is seen as not a priority. But I believe that true healthcare involves getting and keeping people healthy. This means that the healthcare industry needs to shift the focus from intervening after people are already sick to prioritizing prevention. And for consumers and patients, this means investing your time, your energy, and your money in activities that promote health. This might be cooking at home or seeking help with developing and maintaining some better habits. Relying on the healthcare system to care for you once you get sick is not a viable long-term health strategy. If you have a serious infection or a broken bone or are in a car accident and need surgery, of course you'll seek appropriate care. And this is where the current medical system really thrives, is in these more serious, acute, trauma-related things. But waiting until you develop heart disease or diabetes and then relying on pharmaceuticals and out-of-date nutrition recommendations is not a reliable strategy. You need to take control and be in charge of reclaiming and maintaining your health. Expecting your doctor to do this when you only visit them when you're sick is like expecting your mechanic to keep your car running smoothly if you only take it in once something's wrong. If you never get the oil changed, your car will stop running and there may even be some irreversible damage done. If you aren't sure where to start or how to go about being in charge of your own health, or you're just ready to commit to starting your journey, be sure to check out the Renegade Health Collective. I will put a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. You'll get access to a community and resources to get you on your road to optimal health, as well as access to me for questions or help and support along the way. Right now, I'm putting together our January workshop, which is all about building your healthcare team and how to find people who are going to support your health goals. 
So that's it for this week. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at the.renegade.np for more helpful content and snippets of my life. You can also visit therenegadenp.com for show notes and to subscribe to my newsletter for free goodies and updates that you won't see anywhere else. Thanks for listening. Bye.